Shared parenting does make it easy. I'm your host, Chris Batchelor, and this is the Parent Time Podcast. Parent Time Podcast is presented by National Parents Organization, a national nonprofit who is working hard to bring shared parenting nationwide. In today's episode, I interview attorney Ashley Nicole Russell. Attorney Ashley Nicole Russell explains why she practices collaborative divorce and following collaborative law. She talks why this method is becoming popular and also her involvement with National Parents Organization as a board member and where she started. Attorney Ashley Nicole Russell is an award-winning family law attorney, author, and speaker who is changing the way divorce is perceived around the world. She is widely known as a dedicated, passionate, and trustworthy attorney with integrity. She is committed to protecting her clients while understanding the needs of their families. As a child of divorce and also a divorcee, she brings a unique, relatable, and personal understanding to her law practice and the communities it serves as the first collaborative law firm in Greenville, North Carolina. With that, here is my interview with attorney Ashley Nicole Russell. Uh, Thanks for coming on today, Ashley. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. You've got uh, you're an attorney, and you have firms uh, across the state there in North Carolina. Yes. So we are based here in North Carolina, and my firm, ANR Law or a Negotiated Resolution, um, is across the state of North Carolina. We have firms in Greenville, Raleigh, and Beaufort, and so we like to spread the awareness of collaborative family law and alternative dispute resolution processes across the state. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, so how long have you been an attorney? Almost a decade. Oh, wow. And, amazing. And uh, have you always done family law or uh, have you worked in other areas? Always family law. Even when I was an undergrad, I went to Appalachian State University um, and I was actually de- there during the three national championships and beating Michigan, which was a lot of fun at App State. But I was a mediator um, okay. in district court the entire time I was an undergrad. And so I went straight from there to law school and I already knew, you know, that um, I had found that there were all these alternative dispute resolution processes that people just really didn't even know about. My parents had had a terrible divorce. And um, when I became a mediator, I realized how many people and how many families conflict resolution skills were helping And uh, so I went down that path and I went to a law school that actually had a dispute resolution institute and I got certified in dispute resolution and started my collaborative family law practice straight out of law school, which was crazy because I began a new area of the law and a new geographic area and started from scratch myself and Um, But it was amazing. It was a wonderful journey, and I'm really glad that I'm here today, and we've been able to grow immensely, and people have really been looking for this process where they could figure out how to divorce healthy, Um, and uh, we've been spreading awareness about how to avoid the litigation system if you can, and to divorce healthy outside of court, and um, so now we have offices across the state of North Carolina, and we are really involved with NPO and uh, the national efforts to help promote understanding and awareness around lots of issues, shared parenting, child support equality, et cetera. And that's fantastic. So uh, break it down a little bit, because I think collaborative law is something that's a little bit foreign to most people that are you know, involved in this space, right? I think a lot of people think if you're going to get divorced, you either agree on everything or you got to go to court. Right. So, so what's different between collaborative law and, you know, I, you know, what our traditional uh, thoughts are on, on the divorce system. 
Uh, it's evolved. So it's basically, you know, the law in general is archaic. That's good because it holds the line. Um, we don't want it to change too rapidly because in a lot of ways we want it to stay the same so that we can very steadily pace through what then becomes history. But in the family context, the law was really never designed to be there in the first place. And so involving the litigation system in the family doesn't really make a lot of sense. There's a verses in the middle. It's titled just like a boxing match. Like the family doesn't, um, doesn't belong there because children need stability. And we know that now more than ever, just based on child psychology. And so, um, you know, collaborative law really is entrenched in a lot of those efforts. So it's saying you don't agree, you may not like each other, um, but you do want to keep your assets. You want to protect your children from devastating mental health issues. And you want to come out of this on the other side in a place where you can move forward and be a whole person. Um, you know, why do you want to go through a divorce process or a custody battle if you weren't ever married, if you're going to come out on the other side in, in a terrible place, you know? So it doesn't really make sense to throw everything up in the air for it to not try to get better on the other side. And so collaborative family law really focuses on that. Both parties have an attorney, so that's an amazing part of it. Um, you do, the attorneys are involved, but they contract to not go to court. So what they do is take their interest out of it. There's no interest for them to make money off of animosity. So it puts everything back on in a level playing field. It is an interesting concept. The name collaborative family law has been very interesting in its uptake. Um, I think it's hard for people to understand that they don't have to go to court. Um, but it is a place where people are really coming to now. The world is falling apart around us. People can't really afford to elect to go into a litigation process and have that be complete turmoil too anymore. There's just too much turmoil, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so what's interesting to me is, uh, so how do, I mean, if you want to do a collaborative divorce, how, I mean, how do you go about that? Do you, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's certain attorneys that you work with because I don't think all the attorneys uh, probably are into this, right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> party decides they want to get divorced. Do they come to you together? Do they, you they know? They can. Um, you know, so collaborative is the only place where you can in most states, and each state's going to be different, so you're going to need to check your state. Mm -hmm. um, but collaborative, the parties can come and find collaborative and understand the process. They can't get any legal advice together in general. Um, now, mm -hmm. again, I am only licensed to practice law in North Carolina, but there are a lot. But contract law can be governed across, um, you know, the, the nation under a contract, depending on where that contract's rules. Just like if you have Verizon, you sign a contract to get your phone. Obviously, mm -hmm. you may not live in the same place that Verizon is established. So it's very similar to that contract law. Um, but most people didn't know that they could resolve their disputes in contract law, that they didn't have to have a judge order what they wanted to do, that they could two people as American citizens and whatever state that they're residents of come to an agreement, fortify that in a contract and have a legally binding contract. Um, most people just have no idea, but it's because the litigation system is a very thriving industry. So, sure. you know, um, let's just be realistic about supply and demand, obviously. And so um, it is up to the parent to say, I choose collaborative. I'm doing collaborative. This is what we're doing. I'm protecting my children. I'm not going to go seek advice from someone who's not on the route that I want to be on, which is the collaborative path. So that's a difference of mentality, you know, to be purposeful with your process choice. I will say that that one decision will lay the groundwork for the rest of exactly how your entire process pulls and unfolds. And, um, you know, it's 
it's a really important decision. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> well, it's, it certainly sounds like it takes a lot of the, uh, you know, the emotion out of this and a lot of the, the fighting and the unnecessary, you know, back and forth to court kind of thing. Um, it escalates it. We are trained to de-escalate instead okay. of escalate, which is a huge, you know, when you're trying to achieve conflict resolution and have a resolution, that is a necessary component. And so that's the biggest piece that's been missing. And we add that back in, in a lot of ways. But so your answer, your question was, where do you find this? So let's say you're in Nevada and you want to have a collaborative attorney, then you're going to need to go to, there's an inter international association of collaborative professionals. So you can Google that, type that in, see if you find somebody on a map, then you could just type in Nevada collaborative attorneys. And there are going to be a lot of attorneys that pop up that may not necessarily be trained. So do mm -hmm. your due diligence, check the person that you're looking at. You should try to find someone whose character is reflective of your character. That's, you know, what you want to do. A lot of, um, there are a lot of tricks in, in the trade of divorce and custody. And we want to try to remove, there should be no tricks. These are families at the mm -hmm. end of the day. These are children. Um, this isn't Halloween. We don't need tricks. You know, like this is very important decisions. We want to be forthright with information, make informed decisions. That way children have stability and people have stability and then you, everyone can move on. And that's a huge piece just because we see it playing out in our statistics. You know, my book, The Cure for Divorce Culture, really outlays the historical perspective of what's brought us to today. So people can really understand the system and what happened. How did we get here? And then it explains the, the statistics of where we're at, which are grueling and they're sad. They're very sad. But we are on the other side of that. So the pendulum has swung and now we're coming back because people are seeking healthy divorce everywhere now. And so um, it's really, it's kind of a beautiful thing to be a part of the process. I know people are like, so sad what you do. And I'm like, really what I do is bring people to a better place though. So right. it's different what I do and it isn't sad. Um, and I see people do it all the time and it seems like such an impossibility, you know, to be able to divorce healthy things like an oxymoron, but it really isn't. <laughs> And, um, so how much can somebody save? I mean, you know, I don't need exact numbers, but you know, just time and money. I mean, I can imagine that this collaborative, uh, you know, um, process is much faster and a lot less expensive than traditional litigation. You're paying for an efficient process, an evolved process. You know, you're paying for our skills in conflict resolution and communication and de-escalation. And so you're paying to have a process that's already built for you to have success, um, Almost all of our cases succeed in collaborative. I personally have not had a case that's failed in collaborative. And so, you know, it's very important to um, find a process that works for you. And this process is structured to be able to help you get to resolution. And so most people takes, you know, three to six months to finalize everything. Um, and that's pretty groundbreaking in the world of what we deal with. You know, I know people who are still settling their property 12 years later in the litigation system. Um, and obviously children, you know, people stay in the litigation system until the day they turn 18 in a lot of times. And so um, it really avoids that, but you can come back. So we, we build what's called the container, um, which is where the two clients or the two custodial parents and the two attorneys sit and, um, you know, we're removed from litigation and we sign a contract saying that we're not going to litigation. And so that allows the clients to be in what we call the container because those conversations are safe. They have rules around them. They cannot be produced in court. They're confidential. And then, you know, if let's say we come to your agreement and six years down the road, a new person enters into this as a step parent and things start to go chaotic when you are like, well, how do we handle this? Well, you can come back to the container and we 
can help you come up with a new agreement or just talk through it. I mean, you know, it's just that there's not that threat in the background of, okay, well, I'm going to take you to court. And I know the person that says that threat feels real powerful, but at the end of the day, that threat really means you've spent a lot of money, you have a lot of heartache, and you can't even measure the damage that's been done to your child. It's just, it's not a good decision. Yeah. Anybody that's been through that process of uh, going to court in a contentious, uh, you know, family law litigation, just, uh, I I don't know anybody that goes through that and says, well, that was great. That really worked out well. Yeah. You know, know, there's no real winners over there. And uh, everybody loses. Everybody loses. It's sad. And, you know, we can see it now. We have statistics. So do the due diligence, read the statistics, see who the people who have come before you and the woes Mm -hmm. that they have had and do not take that path. You know, that's kind of what we're preaching. And I think that really, It used to be a Sermon on the Mount. I used to be like, you know, speaking and trying to get people to hear. And now people come to me. So it's changed, which is really cool. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Well, tell me, I want to hear a little bit about National Parents Organization because you're on the board for National Parents Organization. You're doing a lot of great work around the country. And uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, how you became involved with National Parents Organization and what your role is there and, and maybe where you see the future there. Yeah, so I think that NPO is an incredible organization. Um, You know, I was part of the Lincoln Center where the report card was shared in New York and um, what the work just with that awareness, you know, it's so much about awareness. What we're all doing is awareness. We want people to understand you know, what the consequences are, what the effect is, what's happened over a series of time that we've now all studied. Um, and then what are other people doing that's working that we can learn from or what mistakes are people making that we can learn from? We should all be wanting to understand that because these are families and these are children. And so that's, I think, a big hub of that want for knowledge and then pro- the pro- the providing of knowledge is the National Parents Organization. I think there are a lot of people in a lot of different states that are organizing and NPO is helping that in a lot of ways. I think that it's, um, you know, it's good to have a central source that is able to kind of help this parachute fly. I say all the time that it's a lot like the Verizon coverage map. Um, Verizon's getting a lot of coverage here, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, the red lines that go across the state and connecting all of the different um, poles, it's a lot like that because there are people in every state that are trying to change their state for the better through shared parenting efforts or through collaborative efforts or through, um, you know, help with child support equality and things like that. So um, it's it's kind of amazing to be a part of it all and to be a child of divorce where my parents didn't do it the right way and to see this all transpire um, for, for future generations has been really awesome. And I think that NPO has been a central source of all of that. Yeah, National Parents Organization has definitely uh, brought a lot of people together, and uh, we've we've made a lot of progress. And I, I think there's been a lot of noise made, and there's a lot of awareness now uh, about this issue that you didn't have, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. So, where, you know, what's the future? You think, uh, you know, what are, what are you seeing at the state levels? Uh, where do you think we're going to be in five, ten years? Uh, you know, what do people have to look forward to as far as changing the divorce laws or maybe a collaborative law becoming uh, more of a mainstream uh, thing for people? The future is bright. Um, it is really bright. I think that COVID has actually showed a lot of people that the courts can close down, that they want something that's a better, healthier option, that they want something that's not as contentious. And I really think that it's turned the tide. Um, you know, divorce rates are rising, but I would say that also healthy divorce rates 
um, are increasing. Healthy options are increasing. People are choosing to do it in this wave, in a wave, in a way that's better. And I think it's because they have a lot more understanding now. They have a lot more information. They have more, have a lot more tools to work with. And that's because of the efforts of a lot of us. And I think that that's really great. So I think collaborative is, is going to become a lot more widespread. I think there's going to be a lot of online collaborative sessions and zooming for collaborative is actually pretty easy. People are very comfortable, you know, not necessarily having to get in a room to do it, but still being present through their process, not having someone else just decide for them what's going to happen. Um, and so I think that that's going to, you know, uptick in the, in the future for us here with divorce. I think that parents are a lot more aware of what's happening to their children in divorce and they're not exposing them to a lot of that stuff any longer. Um, and I think that things are just starting to change. Mediation's on the rise. And um, I think that when it comes to you know, child support and those types of filings, I think that those are going to decrease over time because people are going to make those commitments between themselves as a contract and not necessarily have to go to the court. You know, kids are really starting to go look at what their child support order was. Just think about when you're a 25-year-old in college as a part of a project for um, one of his human development classes is told to go see if there's ever been any court filings. And he looks at his child support order for $700 a month and then goes and asks mom, you know, why, why did that, do I have a price tag, you know, and that's mm -hmm. actually starting to happen. Children are the, a lot of this stuff is becoming public record. A lot of, um, state courts are going to online databases. And so, you know, the information that's going to be out there, these filings, these, you know, incredibly adversarial litigious filings are on the down because parents don't necessarily want their kids to see that. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's a good conversation around transparency because courts traditionally, um, haven't been very transparent. And now with, you know, as much information is available to us online, uh, things are becoming very transparent at a rapid rate. And so, um, you know, kids I think are, are asking more what's fair and, and what isn't. And, uh, you know, and that becomes a factor where I don't think that was a factor 15, 20 years ago. Yep. And now we have millennial divorces and, you know, they do everything differently. And so they um, are very absolutely not into having a knockdown drag out fight. They're too busy traveling the world. And right. so um, they're well, they were. Um, but I think that it's just they handle things a lot differently, too. So the system is just changing because it's keeping up with that. And and what a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Have you seen any, um, conflict in the court itself where, you know, you've got these old established, uh, you know, judges that have been there for 30 years and, and this is sort of a new thing and, and they don't want to change or what have you seen around that? Uh, I would say more the litigation attorneys themselves are not very happy with it. The judges are happy for an alleviation of docket. I mean, you know, these cases aren't coming before them. They're already overburdened with cases. They don't, they can't possibly decide the, the life of a child in three hours in a hearing, right. but they have to, you know, and, and so there, the judges are happy about, um, collaborative. I think that the other litigation attorneys, because they're resistant to change and in reality, litigation is a very lucrative business. I think that there's an, there's a contentious nature there. I do think that litigation attorneys are starting to get trained in collaborative so that they can say that they can do it, but Hey, I got to tell you, you know, eventually it's going to flip. Yeah. It's going to be collaborative. People are going to stop using the system unless they have to. It's going to kind of go back to a balanced state. It got way out of control. Um, and we have statistics and mental health issues that prove that. And so I think it's going to go back to that place. And I think that the all the attorneys will acclimate to that. It will take time. But I think that that timeline has been advanced because of COVID. 
Well, that's the silver lining for COVID, I think, right? That's what I've been saying. <laughs> you got to find it somewhere. <laughs> Everybody learn to Zoom or, you know, do a, do a call and uh, nobody has to travel anymore. Exactly. So you do a lot of uh, a lot of promotion of this collaborative, uh, you know, technique. And uh, one of the things you have is a podcast. And uh, I want to bring that up here. Uh, and it's the Divorce Healthy Podcast. And uh, tell us, uh, I've listened to several of these. They're fantastic. Uh, but tell me. Tell us, tell me uh, a little bit about, you know, how did the podcast come around and, and what are some of the goals for the podcast and what can people expect when they listen to it? Well, let me tell you about my goal. My goal is to change divorce in America. So my goal is to achieve changing how divorce is handled in all of America so that I can alleviate generations of children to come. My life was transformed because of my parents' divorce and not such a positive way, though now it is silver lining around back to being amazing. But um, initially it was really bad. And so, you know, my goal is to change that. And the way that I change that is with awareness. So the podcast is a really big push on awareness. NPO has a huge piece of this awareness factor. Um, I have billboards going up all over to try to push this awareness. So the only reason people don't choose this is because they don't know about it. That's just the reality. And so the more that they know, um, the more that they will choose to avoid, you know, the system that is not necessarily made for them. Now, of course, if there's a high level of conflict or there's something crazy going on and you absolutely have to go to the court system, then it's there for you and it's, and it's built to be able to handle it. But if you can choose an option that's better for your family, once you decide that, then I want to make sure that you know about it so you can make that choice. That's my goal is that every American at least knows that there's multiple options that when they're making that decision. Yeah. And it's so important, I think, to, uh, to get that, that information out there because how else are they going to get that information? I think, you know, attorneys, uh, you know, you mentioned before that, you know, it was the judges that are happy about this. It's the attorneys that maybe are not so happy. And, and let's face it, attorneys love to argue. I mean, you guys love to go into court and knock each other down. I mean, that you guys, I think, live for that stuff. Um, but, we do well with conflict. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, that's what you guys are good at, but it's also very expensive, right? And so um, I don't think that attorneys are, you know, I think, you know, they're not necessarily out there advertising this stuff. Uh, so people have to find out about it a different way. So that's fantastic exactly. that you have that podcast and you've got a lot of different topics that you talk about on there. It's not just about the same thing over and over. So there's a lot of good variety there. Yeah, we have all these experts. So, you know, one of the things that I, the one thing that I truly believe in is whenever I was at the YMCA growing up, um, and, you know, spending a lot of my time as my parents were putting their lives back together, I played this game called the parachute game where we all had to stand in a big circle. And if we fluffed this huge piece of material, we could sit on it and sit under there for forever. It would hold the air and it would lift and, and we could, you know, have so much fun. And I really feel like that's what we're dealing with here is the more that we unite everyone across the nation, the more that... Google itself will pick up what we're talking about and register and understand it. And everyone else will too in the same way, just because they will hear about it and it will be talked about and people will hear about it. And the more that that happens, the more that we've lifted and we've all kind of rose the lake together. And when the lake rises, all the boats go up together. And so that's kind of really what we're trying to do is flip the lake. Well, that's awesome. And you know, uh, what's funny is I remember doing that game in school too. And it, that only worked, the parachute thing only worked if everybody worked together. If there mm -hmm. was one, even one person that just didn't get the timing right, that none of the air stayed in. Yeah. And, and you had, had to do to it all over it again. Everywhere. It, it couldn't be from one source. You couldn't have everyone on one side of the parachute. You know, you had to have the whole map. Yep, and I all think around. That that's such an important piece of it. 
That's awesome. It's, and uh, you also have a book out here. I'm going to put that uh, up on the screen now. And it's called uh, The Cure for Divorce Culture. And uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how that came about and, and what people can learn in it. And I can see you can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited or you can get a paperback uh, version of it as well. Yeah, we did the free on Kindle um, because we wanted people to have, you know, access to it if they could possibly get access to it. Um, you know, we and then the podcast obviously is free. And so and then there we also have, um, you know, there's apps like applications like FAIR, the co-parenting app. They're really trying to help with transparency as well. And if you go to our social media, there's a um, percentage for that off because we know it's difficult right now. And we're trying to, you know, do the best that we can. But the book is amazing. It's a manual. It's only 200 pages. It's a short read. It's not scary or intimidating. You can read it again. It will give you tips and tricks and tools to be able to get through this in the most healthy way possible. Um, I think that it, it really gives you an understanding, it gives you awareness, and it gives you a perspective, a 30,000 foot view, you know, instead of standing beside the rook and holding it, you're sitting up above the board looking down playing chess with this book. And I think that that's an important perspective to have when you're making decisions about every important aspect of your life. Yeah, information certainly is key, I think, and in, in when you're divorcing, right, whether it's contentious or not, uh, information certainly changes the trajectory uh, for people, both sides, you know, you know, both sides of the divorce. So that's fantastic. Um, really like that you have that out there for free, that people can read it if they've got Kindle Unlimited. And um, is that is this a book that you tell your clients to go read when they become a new client, or how, did, how does that Every work? Every client gets the book as part of their representation, and it is definitely their homework to read it ahead of time. It also has my story in it, you know, of my life, and um, it's very relational. And I mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, people, when they read it, they really kind of get an understanding, like a true understanding of how to navigate this. And isn't that what everyone's looking for in this time, you know? So, oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's such a helpful piece. So anything, uh, anything else you want to bring up before we close out? Thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, for all the listeners out there, I know that it may seem daunting right now, whatever it is that you're going through. We all find this place, you know, not from the best of circumstances generally. And I think that um, I believe in you. I've made amazing things happen in this industry that a lot of people patted me on the head and told me weren't possible. So don't believe that it's impossible for your case either. You just do have to be confident and do the work and, and provide the character to your case yourself. And that's an important piece of it. So reach out to us if you need any inspiration. You can find us at A&R Law. And uh, thanks so much for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. And we look forward to bringing you on again. Uh, it, the work you're doing is, is absolutely incredible. And uh, we really thank you for changing the way that uh, people get divorced. Absolutely. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Now that was recorded on video. So if you want to go ahead and watch the video, you can find the link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. And if you have any questions, you can contact National Parents Organization at sharedparenting.org. Don't forget to like National Parents Organization on social media. Just go ahead and do a Facebook search for National Parents Organization and smash the like button. You're also going to find several Facebook pages for different state chapters. So go ahead and like those pages as well. And don't forget, you can also follow National Parents Organization on Twitter or LinkedIn. The links to those social media sites are on the sharedparenting.org website. 
If you're passionate about shared parenting, the best thing you can do is get involved. And the best way to do that is by contacting your state chapter. If you head over to the sharedparenting.org website, you can find the links to your state chapter and then contact them directly to take action and volunteer. We could also use your help with donations. National Parents Organization is a nationally recognized nonprofit registered in Massachusetts. To donate, visit sharedparenting.org and click the Take Action and then Donate. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Tell us what you think on social media or by going to the sharedparenting.org website and sending us a message. Fill out that contact form and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear about what you think about the show or what you want to hear on the show, those sorts of things. So go ahead and, and send us a message. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Chris Batchelor. Thanks for listening, and together we can help bring shared parenting nationwide. Stop.